quality of television and our television station that makes this possible. And also, Robin, as she makes sure that we're on the radio, that's 980, 9.80 a.m. And then also from Mike, Mike was very faithfully cheering on some clarified thoughts. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer today, if you would join me. Father, as we look forward to this summer and Memorial Day, we think of the God in Christ. We think of your gospel as your gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The Bible lays out before us a, a vision of service to God and, and country. Desiring to place a privilege, you call on us in humility. Wanting glory, you show us that true glory comes only when we act with justice and with love as we serve God and country. We covet maybe greatness, but you teach us that greatness comes when we lay down our lives for others as you did for us. And on this Sunday, before Memorial Day, we are given this opportunity to remember your vision of service, to remember those who have exemplified it, and to remember those in particular who have exemplified it in military, military service to God and to country. We ask the Lord that amidst the coronas and the viruses that are plaguing us, that you would, you would speak to us, remove our fears. As we remember our soldiers, men and women who died in far away lands, we remember our soldiers who died back home. We remember our soldiers who have not died, but who suffer from the wounds and the trauma they experienced through their service. We remember the military families who have experienced the cost and the joy of service. We remember the ongoing need in our communities to care for our military families. We remember our leaders who have been given the authority to deploy our troops, and we pray for their wisdom and restraint. We remember Christ's vision of service, and we ask for the strength to enact God's vision wherever we are and wherever we do. And loving God in Christ, as we remember, we also express our longing for a world, a world where war, where war is a word that we no longer know. And peace is a word that describes not what will be, but what is. We pray this as we, in our service in the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 And I hear it goes by way of television this morning, 9.80 a.m. in our local television station, on channel 12 and 20, to make this possible. And we're just really blessed and fortunate to be able to come into Again, my name is Dr. Randy Tabor from Hall of Victor Management Church here in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And we just really privileged um, to come into your homes. And we thank you for your faithfulness and in praying for us. And if God plays on your heart to financially give, we, we are in need of, of finances. I am speaking today, um, and it's the last, last days of, of May. I don't know what has happened in January or February or March or April. They just kind of evaporated with all this coronas, this virus news. And probably in many ways we are told that we're just on the front end of this global pandemic known as the coronavirus or 
technically coronavirus disease 2019, or abbreviated COVID-19. The virus affects the lungs, and in the worst case, the worst case kills by suffocation. Now, the first death of the virus was reported in China on January 11, 2020. And today, as I, I speak, there are hundreds of thousands of cases of infectious worldwide with tens of thousands of deaths, and there's known, no known cure at this time, at this moment, as I share with you. You pray that, that there will be a cure, and by the time you hear this, you will know far better than I, far better than I, because it seems like things are changing not only every week, but every day and every hour and every minute of how things are developing. So I need not detail the measures being taken to slow, to slow the spread of this virus or the economic. Yes, the economic toll extracted. Social mingling, we've always maintained within the church, you know, eight to ten feet. Um, I have my mask. I have my mask in my pocket, and I, I, I carry that around whenever I'm in contact with people, and I'll, I'll whip that baby on, and I have a mask in every vehicle that, that I drive and on my, my desk, and and I believe that it's not only for the safety of others, but it's for the safety of myself. We, we believe in social mingling, travel, conferencing, church gatherings. We believe in preventive care. We support those who are consulting us about proper, proper means of preventing spreading the disease in theaters, restaurants, sporting events, and businesses. They all are nearing a standstill. I don't know how many churches are suffering from loss of income, loss of support. I thank those by way of television or radio that can support us and our faithful shut-ins who uh, have been supporting us financially and people have been keeping up their financial giving. As we are reminded, this is, this is not unprecedented. This is not unprecedented, either globally or in America. In the global, the global influenza pandemic and epidemic of 1918, many of us don't remember that, to use the estimates of the CDC or the Center for Disease control 50, 50 million people around the world died. Over 250,000 of those were in the United States alone. People felt symptoms, symptoms in the morning. They would roll over in bed and they'd say, I, I just don't really feel like getting up. And they would get up, feeling those symptoms in the morning, and they were dead. They were dead by nightfall. They were meeting their maker. Hopefully they've made a decision for Christ to ask Jesus Christ to forgive their sins and Christ to come into their heart and lives. Bodies were picked up from front porches. 
to be carried away to graves that were dug by bulldozers. We, we also have recorded individuals being shot, actually shot during 1918 for not wearing a mask. Schools were closed. Many a minister spoke of Armageddon and the end of the world. And of course, precedence proves nothing. But the past is a warning, not a fate. Nevertheless, this is a time when the fragile form of this world is felt. You feel fragile. I feel fragile. The seemingly solid foundations are shaking. And the question should, we should be asking is, do we have Jesus Christ? Do we have Jesus Christ under our feet? A Jesus, a Jesus that cannot be shaken, who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same forever. I am moved today. I am moved today to spread, to speak, and spread the good news, because playing the odds, playing the odds is a fragile place put our hope. Odds like 3% versus 10%. Odds like youth versus old age. And I always thought to myself, we've got to take care of those older senior citizens. And then my children constantly remind me that I'm kind of on the, I'm, I fall into that category. I fall into that package of being well over 60 and coming closer to 70. Youth versus old age, compromised health versus no history of disease, rural versus urban. And I had the opportunity to be in some urban areas in the last few days. And I want to remind the growth, rural folks that you need to practice social distancing too. You need to practice face covering masking, self-isolation versus home meeting with friends. Playing the odds provides little hope. Playing the odds provides little hope. It's, it's not a firm place to stand. It's not like standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ, that rock of ages. There is a better way. There is a better way by way of radio and by way of television. There, there's a better place to stand. It's, it's Jesus. It's standing on Jesus as certainty rather than the sand of possibilities and, and sand of the world. I recall being told nearly 10 years ago that I would not survive unless I had this surgery because of a valve, a collapsed valve in my heart. If I did not have open heart surgery, if I did not have my heart pulled out and a new mitral valve put in the backside of my heart, that I would not have many more years. I remember just last week, just last week being told that I had prostate cancer. Prostate cancer, and for the next few hours, all the talk was about odds, about odds. Odds 
procedures, odds with radical surgery, and my wife, Krish, and I took those numbers very seriously. My mind went back to many of my parishioners who had heard those words that you have cancer. And how so many of my parishioners in the past said that it was kind of like a blank stare, and a blankness came over them, and they wish they had taped what the doctor had said following that because they just kind of lost consciousness after that diagnosis. But in the evening, my wife and I, we would smile at each other and we would think, our hope, our hope is not in the odds. Our hope is not in the odds. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. And, and of course, Chris and I did not mean it's 100% uh, certain that God will heal me while doctors can only give me odds. The Jesus we are talking about is better than that, folks. Yes, better, better than healing. Even before the phone call from the doctor telling me I had cancer, Jesus had already reminded me in a very remarkable way about, about the Jesus that's under my feet. That's under your feet. Yes, under your feet. My feet. After my, my usual annual exam, the urologist had looked at me and, and said, I'm Dr. Caper, I'd like to do a biopsy. And I still remember saying, really? I understand biopsies are painful. And he said, yes. And I thought, well, when is this necessary? And he said, how about right now, if you have the time? And I said, I'll think about it. No, I didn't say that. I said, I'll make the time. I'll make the time. And while he was going to get the machine, and while I was changing into that very typical, typical unflattering blue gown, there was time for me to ponder, ponder what was happening. And I thought to myself, so he thinks answer? And as my future in this world began to change before my eyes, Jesus Christ brought to my mind something I read recently, recently in the Bible. Now God spoke, and let me be clear, let me be clear right now that I don't always hear voices, at least I never have, but my confidence is in the voice of God through his scripture that I've memorized. And my confidence that God speaks is rooted in the fact that the Bible is his word. That Jesus was God in print. And that Jesus was God in flesh. Jesus has spoken once for all and he still speaks in his word, the Bible, through scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. And if the Bible says it, I used to say it sometimes, if the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, I ref refined that a little bit to say if the Bible says it, irregardless of whether Randy Tabor or whoever else says it, it's settled when the Word of God says it's settled. Amen. 
Here's what he said to me in the urologist's office as I waited for the biopsy that would confirm that I had cancer. Randy Tabor. And that's the scripture for today, folks. The scripture for today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. And it's going to be that scripture for next week, too. 1 Corinthians, or 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 9 through 10. It says, God has not esteemed, that God has not esteemed you and I for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or whether we are asleep, we might live with Jesus. Let me say this again. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. God has not esteemed us for wrath, or created us for wrath, or perpetuated our lives for wrath, but to obtain salvation, to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we are awake or whether we are asleep, we might live with Jesus. Now that should be your marching orders. As we recognize our military personnel, we are all in the military right now, folks. We are all at war with this disease, this virus. It's an unseen enemy. It's an unseen enemy. That awake or asleep, that is, live or die, we are to be alive right now. We are to be alive, alive with God. How can that be? I am a sinner. You are a sinner. We are all a sinner. But Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. I have never lived a day of my life, or you have never lived a day in your life, that we have lived in perpetual love or a sense of fallingness. We've sinned because of word, deed, thought, intent. Not one day without falling short of God's standards of love and holiness. So how can this be? How can God say, you, Randy Tabor, or you, you can substitute your name, you substitute your name, you say your name out there, that you will be with me, live or dead. L-I-V-E or D-I-E is up to you, folks. God didn't even wait for the question before he answered. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's because of Jesus Christ alone, because of his death. There will be no wrath towards me or towards you if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, not because of my perfection or your perfection, not because of my sins or your sins or my guilt or your guilt or my punishment or your punishment fell, but it's because of the punishment for sin fell upon our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He died for us. He died for you and I. Died for you and I. And that's what this word says. Therefore, I am free from guilt. And therefore, you are free from guilt. Free from punishment, secure in God's merciful favor. Live or die. God said, you 
television or by way of radio. You can point at yourself. You can kind of give the, the touch of the heart and say, you're just a heartbeat away from eternity. That is very different. That is very different from playing the odds with cancer, with coronavirus. It's a terrible virus. But there is a firm Jesus. A firm Jesus under my feet. And I trust that there's a firm Jesus under your feet also. It's not fragile, it's not a hope so or a think so or a feel so Christianity, but, but it's a no so. And you can maybe disagree with Randy and Caber, but you can't disagree with Jesus Christ who said, I am the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. For it's not sand, it's the rock of Jesus Christ. I, I would like it to be a Jesus under your feet. That's why I'm speaking. That's why the Gary Grosses of this world and the Robin Larsons and the Mike Liberties and the, and the Keenans and the, and Two more. the Kurtz and the Moons and the, all those by way of television that support this by their prayers and their presence. That's why you and I are, are speaking to you today. It's not because of some gymnastic ability that we have of maybe talking or speaking or whatever gifts and graces and talents God has given to us. But it's because we have a concern for your soul and we have a concern for your spirit. We have a concern for where your eternity is. Let's bow and word prayer. Father God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we come before you today, Lord, asking that you as a God of power, you as a God of love, we come to this time. We come to this opportunity of, of anticipation to hear you speak, your still small voice to be fit by your word to reconnect with you, O Lord. But most of all, we want to listen to your voice that it might speak to us in, in these silent moments. And may your goodness and caring be affirming in the gifts we give of our prayers and our finances and as we worship you each and every day because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of coming to you. And may we hear Jesus' voice sending us out into the mission field. And may we listen and may we go. For God, you are a very generous God. You are a generous God. For you are our guide on this journey of life. And as we continue to follow you by offering up ourselves in response to your goodness. We, we can't imagine where we would be without your guiding our path. Sometimes before us, sometimes be, beside us, sometimes behind us, nudging us in the direction of the word you have for us. As you've watched over us and cared for your creation, as we acknowledge our giving of our time and our talents to you, as you call us to do the same, we surrender our treasures, knowing our hearts will follow. And Jesus would have us respond by saying, Dear Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Come into our hearts and minds. Be our Savior. Be our Lord. 
sharing also along those scriptural lines of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. And if you're viewed by way of television, you may want to pull your Bibles out, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. God has not esteemed us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Jesus. Amen, brother. Good morning to everyone within the sound of my voice. I'm going to do a sermon. My sermon is going to be on again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 reads, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we read that God has not destined us for wrath, but joy and eternal life instead. To whom was he speaking? He was speaking directly to you, to all, all people in the world, all Christians, that they would not have to suffer or experience God's wrath. The Bible actually speaks of God's wrath in the 70th week of Daniel's end of time prophecy. Don't be mistaken or fooled. We may not realize it, but the references to God's wrath is neither downplayed nor hidden in the scripture. In fact, God's wrath is mentioned 236 times. How big is that? God's wrath is actually mentioned 100 times less than the word love. Before Jesus, God was separated from man because of Satan's tampering with his creation, Adam and Eve. With faith in Christ, God now abides in our hearts and our lives forever, eternity. As shown through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, it was never God's intent that we would ever be children or experience his wrath. God's treasures, he treasures us as his children. Just as we have faith and treasure him as our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. You can refer to John chapter 1, verse 12. Verse 10 in our scripture today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10 reads, He died for us, so that whether we may be sleeping or, li or living, we live with Him. Once we have accepted Jesus Christ, something quite miraculous, there's no other way to put it, it's miraculous. The word sleep in this verse means, of course, mortal death or physical death. Jesus died for us foremost that we could return to the family as a child of the Most High God, a direct family member, in fact. Notice I said return here. I did that on purpose. Did you ever wonder where you were or what you were before you were born? I'm going to tell you right now, you were a child with the Most High God. 
our faith in Jesus Christ accomplishes our return to the Father God. When Jesus Christ said with his last breath, it is finished. It meant that he and the Holy Spirit will be inside our hearts and our close companions. Not only now, not only when we're on earth, but for after we pass away, they're with us for eternity. That is the job Jesus Christ did. That's why he said, it is finished, and that was finished. That is what was finished. Hallelujah. We're going to be with Jesus Christ, Father God, forever, because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Um, Gary, do we have many minutes left uh, for the hour service? We've gone 30 minutes. Okay, can I fill in with a few minutes here? I just wanted to share, and thank you, Mike, for your presentation here. And before we um, prepare for our next um, Sunday service, again, we want to Thank all those that joined us by way of television or, and radio this morning. Um, we're trying to make it possible to um, post, both um, make a presentation by radio and, and television. And I'm just going to kind of fill up this period of time here for a few minutes. It might be able to sit down again because we'll, we'll, we'll shut down in, in 20 some minutes here and we'll prepare for the second message if it's. Um, possible. I just I, the thought just occurred to me that maybe um, we need to um, kind of be in it, maybe uh, spend 10, 15 minutes in prayer. Sometimes we uh, think that um, just a few minutes in prayer is, is enough, but I'd like to just spend a, a few minutes in prayer now as we close out. Father God, this morning as we bow in prayer and close by way of television, um, as the COVID-19 COVID or Corona pandemic makes its way around the world, churches, churches like Olivet United Methodist can play a key role in preventing the spread of the illness. Many of our Minnesota conference leaders are closely monitoring the situation in order to determine how to proceed with upcoming events and be able to provide the most accurate and up-to-date information and recommendations to churches. Many experts are currently recommending social distancing and events being canceled. And at this time, Minnesota Department of Health has issued many recommendations on concerts and parties and church gatherings. In a situation recommended in these health agencies are constantly changing. It's hard for me to, to stay upon up on all of them, and I'm sure those by way of television are also experiencing this. And if, as a church leader, I, I remind people to pray for the churches. Pray for all of it. Pray maybe for your church too. Encourage older people, which, which we are the older people, especially with underlying health conditions and anyone feeling ill to stay home from worship services and church events. We need to practice smart hygiene, provide, as we've provided for the last number of months, hand sanitizers containing at least 60% alcohol and encourage frequent hand washing for at least 20 seconds and frequently sanitize 
other types of surfaces in our buildings. And during the limited worship that we have, always under 10, and during our, our dual Google Duels and our other YouTube presentations, we need, we need to set up offering stations rather than passing the offering plate. We need to encourage people to greet each other without shaking hands or touching one another. We need elbow touches, crossing arms over your heart with a distance of 8 to 10 feet. A little bow or, or a wave are all good alternatives. We need to consider using individual cups during communion and, and using gloves and tongs or baskets to distribute bread. And if we are able to do so to, to live stream, we live stream our services by radio and television and hold church meetings by video conferences rather than in person. And Lord, remind us that we need to especially be calm, to provide calm leadership, to stay informed about the situation in Minnesota, the United States, and the world, to be prepared and proactive without contributing to an atmosphere of fear and, and, and panic and uncertainty. And we ask the Lord that you keep our congregations informed about what you're doing through prayer and through positive interaction. And we ask, O oh Lord, for your guidance during very, these very troublesome times, Lord. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would develop within our being a checklist for unity and faith leaders. How churches can prevent against the spread of COVID-19 pastors and churches, and particularly those who are vulnerable populations that we, we remember them in prayer by, by possible letters or telephone calls. And Lord, may we create this new sense of normal, a new sense of normal. The Ten Commandments for Corona's Prevention in Faith Communities it's something that we need to practice. We need to develop an ideology of preservation. We need to prevent the spread of coronas. We need to share our prayer requests by telephone and by mail. We need to pray for our public health awareness professionals as they plan for many, many other activities. And Lord, we thank you for those who, who are maybe not our seen supporters, but they are our unseen supporters. And we ask, O oh Lord, that we are always reminded of the fact that you are a generous, protecting God, that you are a guide on this, this journey we call life. And as we continue to walk and talk with Jesus and as we continue to read and uphold the scriptures and the protection that God has for us and the goodness, we can't imagine where we would be without your guiding us on this path. And sometimes, as I oftentimes say, sometimes you are before us, 
Sometimes, O oh Lord, you are beside us. Sometimes, O oh Lord, you are behind us, nudging us in the direction of the work that you have for us to do. And as you've watched over us and cared for your creation, so we acknowledge that in the giving of our time and our talents and our treasures to you, you are calling us to do the same. We surrender our treasures, our, our hearts, minds, bodies, souls, and spirits to you, O Lord, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We ask, O Lord, that just as you have sent the Holy Spirit to enkindle the zeal of Christ, followers waiting in Jerusalem for the promised gift, pour that same inspiration on your people and on the Church of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Revive the power of the gospel in our hearts that it may be to us a sacred trust for the blessing of all creation. Enable your church to spread the good news of salvation so that all nations may hear it in their own tongues and welcome it in their own lives. Protect us, encourage us, bless all ministers and caregivers and lay people and those Christ followers of the cross and prosper their words and works so that Jesus Jesus being lifted up may draw all people unto himself and the kingdom of the world may become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For you are the God of the wind, the God of the word, the God of the fire. We praise and bless your name this day and for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for all the gifts, great and small, that you have poured out upon your children. Accept us with our gifts, to be a living praise and a living witness to your love throughout the whole earth, through Jesus Christ who lives in the unity of the Holy Spirit. And in, in it, O oh Lord, as I close, I believe like many others that we're living in the last days. And in the last days it shall come to pass, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy in your old shall dream dreams and, and your young shall see visions. For when the day of Pentecost had come, they were gathered together in one place and suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rush of a mighty wind and it filled all the halls where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributed and set resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill us again, O Lord. Fill us again. 